this body has been, done, and felt so much that the story it's journeyed through has found its meeting with the soul. Do we hide it? Do we heal it? Is it true? Does it define us? The eyes we hold has witnessed what was felt, transforming the mind and moving it back and forth between what's true, what's false, what's real, and what's not. The inner workings, wonderings, and wanderings that we want to follow, finding that courage deep within to let go of what we've known and transmute what we've been holding. It's time to let go. It's time to heal our bodies. It's time to hear, listen, and feel the voices of our body. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Voices of the Body, the podcast. My name is Love Ashley Elaine, and I'm going to be your guide as we journey through all of these voices and our stories that live within our body. This episode, we are sitting down with my amazing and lovely God sister, Miss Josephine Garrell, as she shares her miscarriage story and how she literally has come out on the other side. It's it's such a beautiful story. There's something in here for everybody but specifically women right the the level of awareness that you will be able to tap into after this conversation so you know the vibes prepare your mind body and soul as we get into this episode take a minute here to just find a comfortable seated posture really allowing the tailbone to root down into the chair into the ground wherever you are seated um, if you are driving please be safe keep your eyes open and look at the road 
And here we're just going to move through some breath work. Um, keep it simple today, right? But really wanting to ground down, right? So dropping awareness into that tailbone, into that root, right? And really allowing yourself as you take a nice inhale that you're drawing the breath from the ground, from the root. And envision yourself bringing the breath up through the body, right? Maybe it's coming up through the back of the body, through the spine, up all the way towards the crown of the head. And soon as the breath gets to the top of the head, gently allow the exhale as the breath comes back down. One more nice big inhale, really drawing the breath from the earth. Allow Mother Nature to give you what you need. And envisioning that breath just coming up and cleansing. Right? Allowing that earth, the breath from the earth to cleanse the body, the spine, anything that's energetically hanging out that you no longer need when the breath comes to the top of the head, allowing it to quickly, slowly, and in reverse, come back down the spine, right? So as soon as you take in all of the air, you can just allow it to slowly come back down. And the point is to really allow the body and the nervous system to feel into natural rhythm right not shocking it or doing anything to like make it go into fight or flight right but really allowing your nervous system to come into a calm space allowing the body to come into a calm space and just move through that breathing space as much as you need to if there's anything coming up Allow yourself the space to journal. You can always pause. You can always come back to this. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Voices of the Body. So every episode is very special. <clears throat> this one is even more special. Um, one, because it is October. Y'all know how I feel about October. It is um, Pregnancy Loss and Miscarriage Awareness Month, as well as Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And the more I keep doing these every year, the more I want to like keep sharing stories because our stories are important, but also like bring in different professionals and awareness things, all kinds of things. But this episode, I have my god sister. Hey Yay. girl. Hey. 
Hi, thank you now, for having me. I'm, I'm like sitting here asking you now, what name do you go by? Knowing, knowing I'm going to call you Joe. Facts. <laughs> and that's all right with me. Right, right. This is my God sister. Like, whew, there's so much history here. So much history mm. here. And, mm-hmm. oh, okay, wait a minute. Because <laughs> oh I'm starting to get a little emotional. But so much history. Um, and when I when I remember like seeing you post about your story, um, I was just like, man, gosh, okay, like mm. I didn't know how to maneuver. And then when I had my miscarriage, I was like, oof, okay, like there's mm-hmm. a compassion here, like there's a shared space that's it it's it it makes our space that much more deeper um so thank you for sharing your story one on instagram and two like coming on here and sharing your story um i'm honored because our stories don't have to be shared and where we choose to share them is very important so i'm mm-hmm. grateful every time somebody says yes but like even more grateful that you said yes to sharing your story with me and my listeners so thank you yes I'm honored thank you because it's it feels good you know to share my story because I feel like our experiences aren't just for us right they're for other people so when I was going through it I was searching online trying to find other people that were going through it too so you don't feel you know so alone yeah 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 Tell us who you are. Let's start with that. Let's tell us about Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey y'all. <laughs> um, my name is Joe. I go, you know, go by Joe. Um, full name Josephine. Um, I wow, well, I, I do a lot of things. I sing, I'm a songwriter, but I'm also in the process of getting my licensed associate counselor degree. So I am a therapist. Yes. And um I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I hope to, you know, one day be a mommy to uh, my earthly baby, but I do have an angel baby. Um, so I still, you know, I'm still a mom, um, just in a different realm, but I'm a lot of different things and uh, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Congratulations on Thank becoming you. a therapist because we need yes. more Black therapists. We need more. Lord, we need more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. And becoming an aunt. Oh. Yes. It's the best thing that has ever happened to me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, I wish I lived closer to my nieces and nephews. I'm just like, my God, like, spoil. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, tell us, like, just what the process was with deciding to to like have a baby like what was that like for you and what were like were there any like complications were there any trials like what was that journey like sure um so I started the journey you know back in 2021 so it was kind of like parallel for the both of us we went Mm -hmm. through it the same year um and I wanted to be a parent. I struggled. And to this day, sometimes I still do because of the commitment that it takes. Um, mm-hmm. So I never felt like back then I didn't feel 1000% ready 
And I don't know if any parent truly feels ready, but for me, you know, I had to, it wasn't like I could just like, just try. And if it happens, it happens. Like everything was very strategic because I went through fertility treatments. Mm So everything was timed, the appointments I was having, you know, multiple appointments a week, um, lots of ultrasounds, lots of uh, blood being drawn, lots of monitoring and supplements and just so many different steps. So it, in a sense, it kind of took out that surprise element and made mm-hmm. it very um, organized and like to the T of what I needed to do when there was a whole time frame. So it became very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that I, you know, eventually I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to like fully invest. So I dove into um, just like researching lots of different research and like, how can I make this the best, most positive outcome for me? Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, it was a lot. It, it took a lot of time, but you know, Kay and I, that's my spouse. Um, we talked about it a lot and we were like, okay, this is, this is go time. Like, why not? You know, no time like the present. We're never going to be fully ready. So let's just dive in. Yeah. So that's what we did in 2021. Yeah. It's always interesting, like fertility treatments, because I think people like miss how complex that can get, right? It's like so complex. Yeah, it's like the lengths that you go to 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 want to be pregnant, right? To carry a child and all of that. Um, what was your body like going through when you were going through these treatments? Like, what were you like internally feeling physically, spiritually, all of that? Right. Um, physically, not too much of a difference. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of the supplements and medications that I had just kind of mimicked like getting a period. Like, so like your PMS symptoms. So it wasn't too much of a difference. Um, but it was tiresome because I'm getting up, like having to be at the doctor by 6am, maybe three days a week to get an ultrasound, to get, you know, uh, blood drawn. So doing that over again, just being pricked and prodded. And you just feel like, you know, your body is not your own at that time because it's somebody else that's always coming in to like monitor and then hanging on to that, like that emotional piece of having hope um, wanting this to work, wanting this to work the first time. Um, and then that nerve wracking feeling of, am I going to get good news today? You know, like Mm -hmm. I would have to wait for the results to come back and then they would call. And then you're always super nervous throughout the day. Like, okay, is this going to be good news? And then if you don't hear good news, then you're discouraged, you know? So then I'm, you know, feeling sick, I'm feeling depressed. Um, I feel like back then I allowed, whatever news to like fluctuate my feelings. I wasn't grounded back then. I wasn't like, you know, if I receive not so good news, I'm still okay. It used to rip me to shreds and I was just going with, you know, going through the motions and not really feeling grounded in that. So I think, yeah, it it increased my anxiety. It increased, you know, the depression, lots of worry back then. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, did did it kind of feel like more like task rabbit? Like, okay, like this is what has to be done almost like 
a to-do list for the day, right? It's like, okay, I have to get up. I have to go to Mm -hmm. work. I have to do this at work and all these other things instead of like, you know, that natural feeling of, oh, we're just going to see how this happens. Did did it feel more like a chore at that point? Oh, yeah. It felt very uh, like robotic. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a naturalness to it. Yeah. You know, so going through fertility treatments, you feel like you're kind of robbed of that experience because it's not, it's not, I don't want to say that it's not natural, so to speak, but the feelings of like, let's just sit back and, you know, let's just try naturally. And then if it happens, it happens, it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. In this, in that sense, I had to, you know, be like, do the step-by-step. So it was like, okay, like I can't really feel at ease, so -hmm. to speak. Yeah. 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 Um, Was there like any medical reasons specifically that caught like that made you go in the direction of fertility treatments yeah so i am diagnosed with uh, pcos which is polycystic ovary syndrome mm-hmm. and um, endometriosis okay so because of that you know we did try um prior to getting pregnant, we tried like a natural cycle just mm-hmm. to see, you know, what would happen um, without fertility treatment. And it didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been told I've been diagnosed with PCOS since like 2013. And I've always been told that it's going to take some time. It's going to be a challenge to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to, you know, like assign that and, and uh, believe that uh, mm-hmm. for me. But at the end of the day, there has been challenges. So Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, understanding of that too. But with PCOS, it's just a lot of uh, hormonal imbalances going on in the body. So being able to balance those out, I feel like I have worked hard to um, improve that a little bit. But the PCOS endometriosis is still there. Yeah, yeah. I love that you like... Because sometimes we can get a diagnosis and be like, oh my God, my life is over, you know? But I love that you were just like, okay, and like, (laughs) I still like, this is what I want. This is, I'm going to still believe for it, right? Because I think even just in life period, right? We're like, when you think about statistics, like being Mm -hmm. a black woman or statistics of like black men like just statistics that fall on us just because this is how the world is right it makes Mm -hmm. us like it makes people not try to accomplish anything no matter like how much they've dreamed of it or wanted to do it or desired to do it or desired to Mm. have it right so I I love that you didn't allow that to like dampen your your hope, right? Or even dampen you like, okay, well, there's always another process. There's always another way. There's always mm-hmm. like, it's going to get done one way or another. Like I'm going to have a baby one way or another, right? So right. Mm-hmm. I think even just that aspect is like applauding you for that. Because a lot of people would be, would just be like, okay, well, I guess we're just not going to try and then do nothing about it. Right. So that's true. Yeah. Like I love that so, so much. And that's for anybody like who may be experiencing like 
the same thing, right? Just keeping hope mm-hmm. and knowing that whatever that timing is supposed to be, like the timing will be for you to have a baby, right? Like if it's Absolutely. a rainbow baby, if it's your first baby, whatever it is, like wherever mm-hmm. you are on that spectrum of having a baby, like just keep hope alive. <laughs> keep Absolutely. it alive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that so so much. Ooh, so what? Like, what was? Where were you in the in 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 the process of like when you realized you were miscarrying? Did you realize you were miscarrying, or was it like how did that come about? So yeah, so I found out that I was pregnant. I did like a home test. It was, Mm -hmm. I just remember it was a Sunday morning, super early and I tested positive and I was so excited. And then we had, um, a, a appointment the next day for blood work, Mm -hmm. got the blood work, came back positive. Um, everyone's happy. And then we scheduled the first ultrasound at the fertility clinic. Yeah. So we're super excited. And, um, at that time, like it was still COVID. So everything Mm -hmm. that I did, I had to do by myself. So Kay couldn't come in. Um, I went there, we did the ultrasound and there was nothing on the ultrasound. Mm. And normally you would see, you know, the gestational sac, you know, something in there and there was Mm. nothing. Um, But there was like this like round mass um, that wasn't in the uterus. It was something that I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And it like stuck right out to me. And my first thought was, this is ectopic. Like, this is not, this isn't, this isn't happening. Um, so the doctor's like looking around, she was like, maybe, you know, maybe it's like stuck somewhere. Maybe it's hiding. Let's just give it some time. And I was like, yeah, but what's this, what's this round mass? Like, it's very alarming. She was like, it it hasn't been there before. And I thought to myself, like, you've been, you've been looking at my uterus this entire time, you know, like you, you, we would see this before. Right. Um, so I was like, yeah, this has never been here before. So um, she was like, okay, let's give it a few days. And if it doesn't appear, then we'll do some more testing. Um, but she didn't feel like she didn't seem that hopeful, but I felt like she had to have a little hope for me. Yeah. Um, but that was literally, it was about like, I was five weeks and maybe three days. Mm. Um, and that's when we had the ultrasound and nothing was there. So that's when I knew right then and there, like, "Mm, this is questionable. This isn't looking too good. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Two things from that, right? Um, You paying attention to the ultrasound, like magic, Mm -hmm. right? And that even speaks to women like really paying attention to their body also right and really understanding their womb space right because just because the Mm -hmm. doctor is looking at the ultrasound doesn't mean that we can't look either right like we should be studying that just as much to really understand okay that's what my that's what my womb looks like in 3d Right. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you saw something and she was just kind of like, oh, well, that wasn't there before. It's like, ma'am, duh, like, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Hopefully, if it was there before, we would have addressed it. Right. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, just kudos to that. Right. Be like the awareness of Mm -hmm. what is happening in our womb. Right. Um, Oh, yeah. And then, like, 
did you so can you explain what an ep, ep top I can't say it right eptopic <laughs> pregnancy yeah, you could. is <laughs> Yes. So an ectopic pregnancy is when the embryo or baby isn't located in the uterus. Mm -hmm. So nine times out of 10, an ectopic happens in your fallopian tube. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the egg is traveling. It's supposed to travel from the tube into the uterus and plant itself, but it actually implanted in my tube. So it was in my right tube. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was growing and it was painful and it was growing. So ectopic pregnancies are not viable there's not a like surgical method where they can like take it out of the tube and then implant it into the uterus and it's also life-threatening so if it ruptures that causes internal bleeding and then my life would be in jeopardy Mm -hmm. so the baby won't be able to survive so nine times out of ten they do various different um, methods of terminating so -hmm. it's actually considered a like a medical abortion because there's no other option at that point yeah yeah Mm. Yeah. wow um yeah could you feel that in your body at all yes did you have so it was I'm trying to think like it was so after I found out that I was pregnant I started having like really bad cramps Um, my first recognition, like after seeing, okay, it's not in the uterus, it's not on the ultrasound, um, was like lots of pain. And then I started having some bleeding. So I was like, okay, that's, you know, different and scary. Um, Mm -hmm. and the pain was just getting more and more intense, but like nothing I've ever experienced before. It wasn't like a period cramp. It was pain. Um, and pain that would last for a long time. And then it would kind of like fade away and then it would just keep coming back. It was very annoying and very painful. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's like those, the, like those cramps are very different, right? Mm-hmm. So like when I think about, cause of course, like I have jazz, right? I think about like that, like period cramping, I think about mm-hmm. pregnancy cramping and then I think about miscarriage pr- cramping mm. and that miscarriage cramping completely right. different. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Like if you've never had a baby before, you know something is different with these. Mm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I, so I think your awareness of just your body, period, right? Like I think that really um helped you also especially with how severe this type of miscarriage is right because if you right. didn't pay attention to those signs this could be like a whole different story whole different story absolutely yeah mm-hmm. so kudos to you for i'm gonna give you a hand <laughs> <laughs> thank you because body I mean, but really yeah, yeah body like, awareness who... is important mm-hmm yeah absolutely and especially being a black woman you know like where we sometimes we are not given you know we're not being paid attention and nobody is really believing us right so no like I need to advocate I advocated for myself like this isn't right this doesn't feel right like let's run these tests let's figure this out and I think my doctors were but they were trying like they were I guess everyone has a protocol right so they had certain protocol and I'm like, I'm sitting here in pain. Like, can we speed this process up? Because 
this is not normal and I don't feel right. So yeah, definitely paying attention and being aware. You have to in order to survive. You have to. Being black in America. Yep. Facts. <laughs> and then being a black woman in America. Like <laughs> Right. Yes. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. So um let's take a breather because that sure. was that was juicy already. Like, oh, like because it's, it, it's 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 like I'm grateful for like even like the 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 joy that is still in like the conversation, right? It's like mm. you know, there's <laughs> so many points of awareness that you had that is like, okay, you guys like listen, like pay attention, like okay, pay attention to your body because what you're feeling, they might not see or they might not you know they might rule it out as something else so no like I'm I'm loving all of this um so so much so we're gonna take a breather a nice big inhale and a deep inhale and we will be right back yes and we're back everybody take a nice big inhale and exhale yeah, no, I don't yes, like to leave yeah. y'all hanging. Yeah, breathe it in, let it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I I love the awareness that you had, um, or that you have of your body. And so what was what like how like what was the process now coming to like okay, this kind of has to happen or this is now happening right so after they had to do multiple ultrasounds so Mm -hmm. they they waited like weeks I didn't like officially finish this entire ectopic pregnancy until I was eight weeks so I found out at five weeks and four days so then I went through these next few weeks of lots of like I did a DNC because they thought that maybe the baby was like in the endometrial lining and they just couldn't find it so they did a DNC to scrape it all nothing the HCG levels were still rising I was still in pain so that was very frustrating because I went through this whole procedure for nothing, you know, knowing, like, I knew that this was an ectopic. Um, I did my research. I knew, I knew about ectopics before this had happened to me. So I was kind of in the know of it. Um, so I was like, I didn't see the purpose for it. But then again, they said that they had protocol and steps that they had to do to make sure. So after I had the DNC, I had to heal up a little bit. And the levels were still growing. So the baby was still there. Um, Next was a medication called methotrexate. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, it's technically um, medicine that is for cancer patients. Mm -hmm. And it's like two big shots in your rear end and it's very painful and it's supposed to stop the pregnancy. So I had actually two dosages of it. I was only supposed to have one. Um, And that didn't help. Like the pregnancy started to decrease, but not at the rate that they wanted it to. So it was, it was all about time. Timing was, it was getting serious to the point where if it ruptured, 
then I need to go to the emergency room and have an emergency surgery. So I was just like, we were just playing with time and hoping that nothing would happen. But each day, you know, that pain was getting worse and worse. Um, And then finally, after the two dosages of the methotrexate, they're like, okay, well, it's not working the way that we want it to. Now we have to have um, laparoscopic surgery. So then I had exactly... So then I had surgery. You're making me and mad. And this is like, already happening. You, thank you. Because it was like, it was ridiculous at how many steps. Like I went through all of the steps that, all like all the protocol to to terminate this pregnancy and nothing was working. So finally, at this point, Ash, like so bad. I remember being in the, um, waiting room, like waiting to go into surgery. And my doctor and the anesthesiologist, they came in and they're like, you know, how are you feeling? Trying to explain the surgery. I'm in so much, I felt like I was in a daze, traumatic. Kay's not with me. I'm by myself. Um, I'm listening to what they're saying, but it's kind of like going in one ear and out the other at this point. And the pain was so bad. I was just like, I don't care what you're saying. Just, just get it out because I can't keep dealing with this. Yeah. Um, so we did the surgery and I had to have my right tube removed mm. in the process. Um, and it was like maybe like a two hour surgery and then it was done and then it was, you know, then it was healing time and recovery, but it was, it was intense. It was the hardest few weeks of my life. Yeah, because you and like when you said five weeks and then eight weeks, it's like anything could have taken place in between that time. Anything. Oof. Yeah. Oh my God. And they're telling me, like, oh, you know, go home. And if you experience one of the major symptoms of internal bleeding is like pain in your shoulder, in your shoulder tip right here. And I'm like, like if if they, they're like if you if you're feeling shoulder pain, go, go to the emergency room because you're you're internally bleeding, and I was just like what? And I was like I don't know. Like you're, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if I'm feeling like what am I feeling? Like I'm feeling this pain. Is it like bad enough where, you know, like I asked them, I was like, how do I know that I need to go to the emergency room? And they were like, if the pain gets worse, and I'm like, well, it's getting worse every day, you know? Right. So what do you mean? Like, I need, I need more information. And it was kind of just like, you know, just if you're feeling bad enough, just go. And I'm just like, well, I don't know. You know, you don't know. Yeah. Oof, so there's so much anxiety, so yeah. much uncertainty. Oof. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> especially like because you know how the brain works you we know how the brain works you Mm -hmm. tell me that my shoulder might fall off and now every day I'm like looking at my shoulder and like it's dislocating a little bit more right like it's it it becomes like a a mental thing so I oh my gosh meanwhile like all the pain is in your uterus and in your womb right it's like how do I even like decipher what's pain at this point right and then the emotional pain that emotional like it's just like I literally felt like I was going to break Mm. and I don't know like looking back I don't know 
I don't know how I made it through, you know, like I did things. One, one thing that I did do was I journaled a lot. So I journaled this entire experience every day I journaled. So anytime I got news, anytime, like leading up to the surgery days after the surgeries, I, I journaled. So just so that I can have something because it all happened so fast. Right. And then it is a traumatic experience. So your memory even, you know, isn't always there in those moments. So the only thing I had was these journals so that I can, you know, just reflect on what happened to me. Yeah. 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 Because as, as, as quick as it probably happened, right. I'm mm-hmm. sure like the day to day was like long and slow mm-hmm. and just like the, like, cause you're like, you're in it, right. Like you're, you're in it and you're you, like, you, you kind of have no choice but to be present because of how severe the pain is. Right. That's, so when they removed the, um, the, the right oh my god what is fallopian tube <laughs> yeah you're good you're good right. i'm mm-hmm. about to say uterus but like oh my god my brain <laughs> when you're they moved the right fallopian tube was that because of how the pregnancy was or what like the delay in good question you know after mm. this i've tried to ask so many questions to better understand but they said i guess that they were going to try to keep it Mm-hmm. But more than likely, it would have to be removed. So I don't know if, you know, how the baby was attached to it, if it just wasn't workable, you know, maybe it wasn't worth keeping in the body, just yeah. in case, you know, you get, I get pregnant again, would there's like, would that tube even be, I don't know, workable or viable at that point. So they just went ahead and removed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, man. I know. So... I know you mentioned journaling um, and she, y'all, she mentioned that she can sing. Baby girl can blow. <laughs> listen, listen. She sung at my aunt's oh. wedding and oh, we yeah. still haven't forgot. We have not forgotten. She got an album out. I'm about to put all of it out there. Like oh, she got an album you. that's out. I think I peeked and saw she working on something else. Like... <laughs> I'm going to get all the links and put them in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> Thank like, you. She's a creative. Like, don't sleep. Don't sleep. Don't um, sleep. Don't sleep. Yeah. Facts. Like, I got chills. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, I love But, like, you. I <laughs> love you so much. I know you mentioned journaling, but, like, what else, like, what was that healing journey like for you? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah yeah so right the beginning stages of it yeah true as soon as I knew like literally the day that I had the first ultrasound and I knew that the baby wasn't there Mm -hmm. I found a therapist because I knew I knew this was gonna rock my world and I needed the support um so I found a therapist and she was black amazing so supportive um, and we started working, I want to say like the week after the sur- the last surgery that I had, mm-hmm. um, there was so much going on. I think the ta- the day that I was supposed to meet with her was the day of my last surgery. Yeah. So we had to wait. And, um, but sh- it was amazing because I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we processed 
because everything is so connected, right? So having this loss brought up all of the losses that I have experienced in my life. And the biggest, well, the second biggest was my parents' loss, um, losing them at a young age. And you think like the two aren't connected, but it felt so connected Mm. in the sense that, you know, my parents died when I was younger. So I haven't, you know, I had some memories and very, very minimal memories. But then you have those thoughts of like the what if and wondering what life would be like if they were still here, right? And then losing my baby, I started thinking of all of the, I wonder what this baby would have been like. I wonder what our lives would have been like if they were still here and how would, you know, how would I be as a mom to this child and what would their personality look like and what would they look like? And you start to, you like, you think of all those things and not realizing like, wow, that's actually really connected. Um, what else did I do? I did like Reiki healing. I met with, who is this woman? I don't, I forgot now. It was such a long time ago. She was like a spiritual, like a spiritual somebody. She was very, and we talked and I just cried. Um, I leaned on support, you know, because at that time you didn't, I didn't want anyone to really know, you know, when you're going through pregnancy, you're, you know, you want to wait until you're out of your first trimester type thing. So it was a very isolating experience. And I only allowed a certain few people in. Um, so those people that I did let in, you know, I leaned on them for support, you know, people came in and cooked us food and brought me comfortable pajamas because it was so painful. You know, that little surgery was, it was, it took a while to recover. Um, so just relying on other people and going through the motions, literally I had to, you have to go through it to go through, to get through it. So those moments where I'm like feeling hopeless and depressed as hell and not wanting to get out of bed, I felt that, you know, and when I'm having a happier day, I'm trying to cherish it and hold on to it for as long as I can because I know that it's not always going to be there and I might be in the valley again and that's okay because you know I just have to get through it but therapy was therapy and journaling mm, I think that really saved me honestly because without that all those negative thoughts would have just like continued to just be in my headspace and my mind and it was very, very scary. It was very scary how low you can, how low you can get, you know, when you reach the bottom, you don't think like, I didn't think I was going to be able to smile ever again. You know, I didn't think I would be able to laugh. I didn't think I would have hope again. Um, so Hmm. it's so, it's so phenomenal to feel that hope and to feel joy and be able to laugh again. Think, you know, at a time where I didn't think I was ever going to be happy. Mm. or heal from this you know I didn't want to try again mm. um everything was going down and I did not want to have a kid I was like oh. you know I was like I tried this is crazy this was the craziest like circumstance it was just so chaotic and I felt like nobody was listening to me and I was angry and I was sad and all those emotions um but now now I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good I'm so happy. <laughs> I am too. Like, yeah. I love hearing your, your laugh has always been like <laughs> top tier for me. It's just like, it's, it's so to, to hear you say like, 
you never thought you'd be able to like laugh again and then to hear you laugh it's so it's it's beautiful like ugh. and I I so appreciate like the proactivity right I think that's mm -hmm. that's the game changer also right is you were able to say to yourself okay this is what I'm sensing. This is what I feel like is about to happen. Let me prepare right. myself, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, we can do the dance. Like if you didn't do that, where, how would things move, right? We like that can mm -hmm. be a dance that can uh, play the what if game, right? Right. The, the point is like you automatically allowed yourself to reach out for support right oh, you yes. allowed yourself to say okay this is gonna tear me up mm -hmm. I know it's gonna tear me up mm -hmm. <laughs> let me <laughs> lean on my tear up crew <laughs> like yes for real though for real it's like during those times like you literally think like the world stops your world stops and I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about Absolutely. and everybody else is living and moving forward and you just feel stuck and you feel so alone and you feel like what the like this is terrible and and nobody else understands and nobody else is feeling because they they're up and going to work you know they're you know they're happy and I'm looking on you know Instagram and everybody's smiling and happy and I'm just like I feel like my world has ended um so you have to it's so imperative to lean and get that support especially because without it you are you you are alone if you don't reach out you're creating an island for yourself yeah. that's not healthy you know yeah. that's not going to help you feel any better or feel better anytime soon so I had to there was no other option at that point mm. yeah that's so good so so good um so what's next for you where are you now where's like where are you moving towards what are like you said you just graduated and now you're a therapist yes. how do you feel this experience will help you with your clients I feel you know it's all about empathy yeah all about you know, this has made me more aware of like my feelings and my emotions and the steps that I took to heal myself I can encourage and help others do the same. Mm. So anytime I'm meeting with a client and they're going through hardships, I'm like, have you started journaling yet? Have you started journaling yet? Because there is nothing like, even if it's scary to, or so emo, like there are times where I'm writing and I'm sobbing and I have to like take a break. I can't even finish writing yeah. um, because it's so emotional. I'm so upset. And then I, you know, after I give myself, I allow myself that time to, to cry, to feel, and then I continue, you know, I continue journaling. Um, those are like, we need coping skills. So the coping skills that I have learned, I can, you know, help others and encourage them to do the same. And not everything works for everybody. Right. But I think everyone can write how they feel and, and be able to release those emotions. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely helped and yeah. will help, you know, my clients. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you still write to your baby? <laughs> Honestly, I have, I wrote to my baby 
maybe a few weeks ago, but mm. I talk to my baby a lot mm. um, because I feel like, you know, in a weird way, my baby is now my ancestor. <laughs> They're part of my ancestral, you know, team. I believe and, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, I literally, I was walking because I like am like in my fitness journey. So I was walking and I heard, and it was so random because I have not talked to my angel baby in a minute. Um, but I heard her or him say, I'm proud of you, mommy. And I just literally <laughs> I started crying as I'm walking. And I was like, where did that come from? I was like, that's intentional. And it was a divine moment where, you know, I know that they're still here and guiding me in a way that they probably wouldn't have been able to guide me here, mm. Earthside. Mm-hmm. Um, so that spiritual team, it's 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 a loss, but it's also a gain. And that's one of the major things that I learned in therapy was what can you gain from this? Mm. It's not all about loss, right? It's all about, but you can rebirth and become someone new. You can gain new things about yourself, about life in general. And that's one thing, you know, that I've learned is I have a whole new spiritual being on my side who is guiding me in such a beautiful and divine way. (laughs) Right? My cheeks are warm. I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, oh gosh. Because that's uh, like, I always say, the things that we go through, right? Like, mm-hmm. why waste that? Why For waste real. it, right? If you journal, if you put it in a song, if you create, like, create something from it, if you just come to a space of like accepting that, like, you got giants that I always say I have giants mm-hmm. that are just like with me, right? I I just I have a um altar over here now with like a picture of my grandmother of course she's still here but like my great-grandmother my great-great-grandmother and like a little something of my baby right just something there and then a Mm -hmm. picture of jazz because it's like like you're still gaining something right Right. so if if yeah like I I I quite (laughs) I question people who just kind of like let life happen and then don't really like do anything with it both. And like, I get it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. you fall into like that deep despair Mm -hmm. and it really feels like you can't make it out. Like it really feels like you just cannot get out that you'll never get out that things Mm -hmm. will I mean, nothing should ever be the same, right? But it's like coming back yeah. to like a new version of you. What does this new version of you look like? What can I bring from this experience to mm-hmm. help grow me or to like bring it into my work or like how does it build my character, right? So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this was beautiful. So beautiful. Yay. You are glowing. Thank you. I, I feel good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I it love... feels good to share. Yeah, yeah. And sure. that heals you even deeper. That part. Mm-hmm. Right? Like absolutely. The more you share your story, the more like it not only heals other people, but it's like 
Because, you know, every time, like, every time you hit a new level, right, if you share it again Mm -hmm. or you go back into, like, review mode, it's like, ooh, I didn't even think about it Mm -hmm. that way. Or I didn't, I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't see that before, right? Or, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, like, I missed that. Let me, you know, because healing isn't linear, right? It's it's this roller coaster and we're only going to be exposed to something more that we need to tap into or heal or be aware of when we're ready. Right. right. So it's like a lot of those pat like if it if it wasn't for this experience, would you have been able to really properly grieve your parents? You know what I'm saying? Like mm. it's it's it it's so ooh, life. Mm. You be life in. <laughs> right yes 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 because it's all connected it's all connected so yes it has what what you just said is so true and it opens doors you know it opens doors to other forms of healing it Mm. opens doors to other things that maybe you need to address right and it's just like oh I didn't realize that yeah I need to work on this too or learning new things about yourself um or just realizing how strong you are, right? Because like we go through things all the time and we just let things pass and life passes on. But with that reflection, you're able to see just how powerful you really are, just how um, re- uh, resilient you are in your life and in your journey that like, wow, the things that rocked your world and broke you are the things that actually built you up, the things that are now taking you to new heights that you never imagined like that's special that's that's beautiful beautiful. yeah oh my gosh Mm -hmm. my gosh joe thank you so so much i got chills i'm trying to like i'm asleep (laughs) so good tonight i'm like so happy i love doing this i love your story it like so many gems in there for people to like really tap into and pay attention and this is why I do this right it's to really Mm. bring perspective and awareness to what people may not be paying attention to within their own bodies right within their own journey within their own healing um right thank you so much for sharing with us of course thank you so much for having me and listening and i I love love you too thank you girl tell my homie hey i said what up (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) yes and we will be right back and take a nice big inhale and exhale One more time, nice big inhale and exhale. Beautiful. I'm really grateful for my God sister coming on and sharing her story. We don't have to share our stories, right? We can keep them to ourselves both. And I believe that when we share our stories, we allow ourselves to have power over them and not allow them to have power over us. Um, so I'm grateful for her sharing how hard that journey was for her and to literally be able to exude and show and tell all at the same time, authentic, 
happiness right because it is a very dark space to be and we all end up in these very dark spaces um and she had such great awareness right i want that to be what we focus on is the awareness that she allowed herself to have in connection with her body of one what was happening in the process and two what her body was going to need what she was going to need emotionally spiritually physically um to help heal her so instead of being reactive she was proactive which is such a beautiful thing because a lot of times we wait until something happens instead of already having those skills um and knowing what we need right so it's not just waiting until something big and bad and heavy happens right what are those daily skills that we have and journaling was one of them for her and that allowed her to open up to therapy when the time was right so i hope this blessed y'all i hope this blessed y'all i love you all for free until next time (laughs) 